Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the Fruited Plain, and I got to begin with housekeeping, welcoming the fine folks at WORD in Greenville, South Carolina to the show. I got to tell you, um, this one's a big one for me. When I was a kid, I would spend summers in Wareshoal, South Carolina. My aunt, my dad's oldest sister, my Aunt Leela and my Uncle Jimmy, they had a house on a mountain. I mean, it seemed like as a kid as a mountain. I mean, there was a ravine with a river at the bottom. And she worked uh, for the newspaper in Greenwood, South Carolina. And we would go to Greenville, which is north of Wareshoals, a lot. And then when I was in law school, I had a bunch of friends who went to Furman in Traveler's Rest. It is a massive station and uh, they are on board, and it is a rainy, rainy day. In fact, if you're in Greenville, uh, you should know that there's more rain moving in. I mean, it's raining right now, but you got very heavy stuff moving your way up uh, 385 uh, coming out of Columbia. It's, it's going east to west, so you're going to get heavier rain here in the next little while. Stick with us, NWORD. Their weather team will keep you dry, and for the rest of you, Welcome. Uh, I've just, I am so thrilled to have them. The, this station goes from Asheville, North Carolina, on one end to Columbia, South Carolina, on the other, uh, with Greenville in the center. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country as well. Now, we've got to begin today where we began yesterday. The Hunter Biden saga. Uh, I, I covered this yesterday, and for those of you on WRD and new to the show. Oftentimes, I get emails from people saying, uh, why aren't you covering X, Y, and Z? Because I covered it when it was fresh. That's why you got to listen live. Uh, Don't wait for the podcast. Uh, Listen live. I cover the news as it happens, and yesterday it happened. But there's more to the story. As we learn more information, and I want to put more of it in perspective, but I got to begin with a foundation that you're probably not going to get anywhere else for the the total perspective here, because there is a sad story that I think can get missed in all of this. My wife was born on December 18th. Now she was born in, in 73. This is 1972, a year before my wife was born to the day. Hunter Biden at the time was two years old, his brother, Bo Biden, three, and his sister, Naomi, one. Their dad had been elected within the month to the United States Senate, just about a month before this. Joe Biden had been elected to the United States Senate. And they were with their mom, Nelia, shopping for Christmas. She pulled into an intersection and was plowed into by an 18-wheeler going full speed, killing her and Naomi instantly. Bo Biden suffered a broken leg. Hunter Biden had major head trauma. Joe Biden suffered a broken heart. He had been elected to the Senate, and before he even got there, a month before being sworn in, he thought he needed to quit to take care of his sons. And Mike Mansfield, this legendary leader of the Senate in the 70s, during the Watergate era, said absolutely not, convinced him to stay. And so on uh, January 3rd, of 1973, Spiro Agnew, Richard Nixon's vice president, who would not survive the year, himself dragged into scandal. 
Spiro Agnew swore Joe Biden into the Senate, and he stayed there, raised by the wolves of the Senate, Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd, among others, stayed there from January of 1973 to January of 2009, 36 years in the United States Senate, and then moved to the vice president's mansion. Three years after losing his wife, Joe married Jill. They had daughter Ashley, and now you had Bo and Hunter, brothers, and Ashley, their half-sister. And Joe was not home. Joe constantly went to Washington, D.C. He took the train back to Delaware very famously, but but he was not a, uh, was not a, um, home, he wasn't a homebody with his kids all the time. You got a son who suffered head trauma. If you live that sort of life, I, I do think you could understand where later in life you would probably be struggling with issues. It, it's, it's not far removed to recognize that you might become a crackhead too. I say all of this and I give you that story. I paint that picture for you because I do believe we should at least be somewhat understanding of a father who stands by his son, who insists his son did nothing wrong, who says he loves his son, when it's really clear that Joe Biden actually loved Joseph Robinette Biden III, also known as Bo Biden, more than he loved Hunter. I mean, people talk about how Bo Biden was his rock. People talk about how Joe Biden was... Uh, or Bo Biden was was the, the one that Joe adored. Even now, Joe wants you to know that Bo Biden died on the battlefields of Iraq when he actually died of brain cancer in Delaware. When you got all that, it's kind of easy to see how Hunter Biden was screwed up. And it's also kind of easy to understand why Joe Biden says stuff like this. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Proud of Hunter. This is, listen, if you are a father of a screwed up son and you blame yourself to a degree for your son being screwed up, that's exactly what you would say. But there's a problem here. There is a problem. None of this excuses Hunter Biden's problems, and you don't get the sense from Joe Biden that he recognizes how deeply screwed up his son is. And despite all of Hunter Biden's problems, despite his addiction to crack, despite the hookers, despite everything, he still is responsible and culpable. He has his own volition. You can't get him out of this stuff. But there are a couple of things we got to be clear about, too. The media has very clearly circled the wagons on Joe Biden. You watch the TV shows this morning or even last night after the word broke, and they're like, oh, this doesn't implicate Joe Biden at all. This was actually a very fair sentence, blah, 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 blah. You know, as I said yesterday, if you take the name Biden out of this, this is Joe Schmo. It actually probably is a fair sentence. Actually, the 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 gun issue of of filling out the form while you're addicted to drugs is very rarely prosecuted. And the FBI or the, the IRS 
finds it nearly impossible to throw someone in prison when their taxes are paid. Never mind, it wasn't Hunter Biden who paid his taxes. It was a friend in Hollywood with a quote-unquote loan who paid Hunter Biden's taxes. The, the, the IRS actually has a very hard time throwing you in jail uh, when you go before a jury and explain, dude paid his taxes. Yes, uh, did, did he not file them? Yes, they, they charge him with the misdemeanor because in large part the taxes were already paid. However, when you add Biden to it and you add the laptop to it and you add the information on the laptop, when you add all these other things, when you add in, in fact, that typically the rule for the Department of Justice is that you charge the maximum crime you know you can prove, and they didn't do that. They could have gone with tax felonies, but they didn't. They could have done more on the gun, including how how it was disposed of in a dumpster. They could have, and they didn't. But there's more here besides the media circling the wagons and the more they could have done. There's actually more. Because down in Arkansas, Hunter Biden also has a kid. And I'm going to be very honest with you that this is the one that bothers me more, if not most. Hunter Biden had an affair with a woman who was a stripper. Who, if I under, if I remember the story right, she was going to school and she was essentially paying the bills uh, by stripping or some such as, as a, an exotic dancer. He was dating his brother's wife. His brother had died. He strikes up a relationship with his brother's wife, and he's cheating on her with this girl. For nine months, he even puts her on his company payroll. And she gets pregnant and has this child. And Hunter originally agrees to $20,000 a month in child support and wants to pare it down to $5,000 and claims he's destitute. Now, I, I there are a couple of things here. And this one, it really, really, this one really bothers me. I get crackhead son, you've got problems, you couldn't pay your taxes, blah, 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 blah. This is the one that bothers me. Joseph Robinette Biden, President of the United States, lectures Americans all the time on character and integrity and doing the right thing. He stood up to corn pop after all. And he can't get his son to do the right thing. Do you know, Hunter Biden has the audacity to fly to Arkansas on a private jet to argue he can't afford to pay $20,000 a month in child support. That flight to Arkansas from Washington was more than $20,000. And Joe Biden won't even recognize his grandchild. Joe Biden's all about family and won't recognize his granddaughter. Now, listen, I acknowledge and I get families are complicated. And I also get that there are plenty of families out there where there are children who are not widely or regularly acknowledged. But for Joe Biden to take the morally preening stances that he takes and drone on and on about family and responsibility, you would think Joe Biden would force his son to do the right thing and have a relationship with his child. You would think Joe and Jill Biden would want to have a relationship with their grandchild, and they don't. They don't even acknowledge her. 
that's the one that 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 just gets me. For, forget all the the. I mean, we we can talk about the unfairness of the indictment stuff, the double standard. I do think there's a double standard. I do think that in light of all the other evidence out there about Hunter Biden and the way the Justice Department charges, yes, if this is not Hunter Biden, there's plausible grounds to say Joe Schmo would have gotten something similar. But if you're a black dude, really, you're looking at this and white privilege, white privilege. It's not white privilege. Look at Trump. It, it's Biden privilege. A media that did everything they could to dig up dirt on Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Jared Kushner has circled the wagons on this family and is telling everybody, oh, no, this is totally acceptable. This is totally fine. The media that told us there's nothing wrong with the vaccines and masks work everywhere wants you to know that there is nothing wrong with this indictment. You can't trust the media. They're not honest. You can't trust the Biden family. And there is just rank hypocrisy in all of this stuff. But above all of it, and, and again, it is the thing that bothers me the most in all of this. You have a man who has a child who pays child support to this child who refuses to even recognize that this child is his despite paying child support for the child and his father who morally preens and lectures Americans about family and integrity and character and honesty can't even make his son or even push his son to do the right thing and have a relationship with that child. You are the president of the United States of America and you have turned your back on your grandchild. Maybe stop lecturing the rest of us on character and integrity. Vision Computer has over 3,000 five-star Google reviews and an average phone answer time of just 15 seconds. When you call, you won't be stuck navigating endless automated menus. A live person's gonna answer the phone and help you solve your problems. You know, I run a business, and it's one reason I love the idea that Vision Computer exists. Because as a business owner, you know you've got to be efficient, you got to have tech support issues resolved quickly, and you got to have your computers work. Don't let your employees suffer in silence either. They may be embarrassed or hesitant to ask for help, but with Vision Support, they can get assistance they need to work more efficiently. Reach out to them, call 404 Compute, or go to visioncomputers.com. In fact, if you call them at 404 Compute, ask for the Eric Erickson special when you call. They're not going to have it on their website. It's just for you guys listening. Call 404 Computer today. Ask for the Eric Erickson special. Be amazed at Vision Computer. Now, for those of you listening on WRD in the WORD, I said that muddied and fast, didn't I? In Greenville, uh, let me give you the phone number 877 Eric, E R I C K. That's 877 877- 973-7425 if you want to be on the program. As always, all of you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can find me. that I will send you back all the links to the website, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. You can follow me around and also subscribe to the daily email. Uh, one of the things I do is when I start the show every day at noon, I send all the links to you. Everything I'm going to talk about is in the show notes email that comes out when we start the show. And you can so text Eric to 33777 and get that. And you, I, I don't think I should think for you. I should give you all the stuff I'm looking at. You can look at it yourself. Make up your own mind. I'll tell you what I think. 
but I'm not going to tell you what you should think. Okay, we got to move on to a lot of other stuff because there's there's a whole lot happening out there. One of those things that I got to talk to you about is that submarine. Believe it or not, there are already uh, the wokesters are out there complaining. Why are we putting this much energy into finding uh, a billionaire and four other people on the bottom of the Atlantic when we don't spend that much time looking for migrants crossing the Mediterranean from Africa to Europe who might be dying? Why aren't we helping the Cubans? Why are we? Because he's a billionaire and it's a tourist submarine. And these people weren't expected to seek. I mean, the, the others, it's not like we have notice of the migrants saying, hey, we're coming. If we did, we would probably stop them from coming. And you would complain from that as well. But it turns out uh, this company has all sorts of issues. Listen to this audio. This is the CEO of OceanGate, the company with the sunken submersible. Uh, yes, I mean, when I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-military submariners, and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology. But a 25-year-old, uh, you know, who's a subpilot or a, a platform operator, one of our techs, can be inspirational. And so we've really tried to to get um, very intelligent, motivated, younger individuals involved because we're doing things that are completely new. We're taking approaches that are used largely in the aerospace industry is related to safety and uh, some of the the preponderance of checklists, uh, things we do for risk assessments. Oh. Didn't want old, competent, qualified people. Also, it turns out someone who complained about safety was let go by the company. This is a massive lawsuit waiting to happen. Wow. Well, I want to talk to you about the markets and money and Advantage Gold. 800-450-2566 is their number. If you are interested in using precious metals as part of your investment strategy, your 401k, your IRA, you know, the IRS has compliance rules for how you store precious metals part of your retirement. If you go to Advantage Gold, they can help you navigate those. They'll give you a free gold IRA investment kit. They're TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. 800-450-2566 is their number. One more time, 800-450-2566. It's worth calling them just to get the free gold IRA investment kit, but it's also worth calling them to see how they are as a business. They're not gimmicky. They don't put a hard sell on you. They want to educate you. They just want to play it straight with you, give you the facts. And if you're comfortable with them, they think you'll do business with them. 800-450-2566. That's Advantage Gold's number. Reach out to them, get the free gold IRA investment kit, and see if precious metals might be a good fit for your portfolio. Have you ever wished you could become an even more effective conservative advocate? Like, uh, who could you rely on to give you the knowledge and information you need to make more persuasive arguments, how to knock on doors, how to show up at your local city council, or to meet your state legislator to advocate for small government. Americans for Prosperity can help you. They train you to be a better conservative activist, to grow the movement and fight for small government around the country from the local level to the federal level, and they put points on the board. Over 200 legislative victories in the past year alone – advocating for smaller government and reduced regulation. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their team. 
You can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got over 30 chapters around the country in states. They're growing new ones all the time. Be a part of a movement for small government with americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number 877-973-7425. I hope that those of you listening outside the Southeast have blue skies where you are because none of us do. The weather's just gross and rainy. Now, and I can't go play golf. I got to talk about a, a another big story that is circulating One of the most uh, unreported aspects of the political press is how often political reporters move in and out of left-wing organizations and institutes and how often they rely on information from left-wing operations to cover the news. Daniel Dale, for example, at CNN, he's the presidential fact checker. He has not fact checked Joe Biden in months and months, and yet still regularly fact checks Donald Trump. Uh, It is a a double standard. Uh, Dale came from, of course, the left, and they're happy to have him. And you have a lot of reporters today who are circulating a story from ProPublica, which is a left-wing political outfit. Uh, ProPublica is funded by uh, the Sadler Foundation and Demand Justice. They are left-wing groups. The Democrats call them dark money groups. We don't know where they get their money. They're in the shadows. And the Democrats hate dark money groups if they help the right, but they tend to turn a blind eye towards this. ProPublica is a left-wing outfit, and it has now engaged in a series of attacks, misleading attacks, on conservative members of the Supreme Court. They started with Clarence Thomas, and they've now moved to Samuel Alito. They are not touching the liberal members of the court, the progressive wing. It's not that they haven't done anything that ProPublica could go after them on. It's that they choose to turn a blind eye to it. Justice Breyer was notorious for taking private flights from billionaires. Justices Kagan and Sotomayor and Ginsburg also did. They've taken hotel suites. They've taken uh, major awards with large cash prizes. They've been wined and dined by billionaires on yachts. ProPublica chooses to ignore them and act like None of this has happened, and yet it has. Their focus on Samuel Alito is over a relationship with Paul Singer. Singer is a billionaire. Uh, he is a he leans Republican. He's socially liberal. He had a case before the United States Supreme Court. Uh, you may have heard of it, Obergefeld. It's the case that uh, supported gay marriage. He, Paul Singer, helped fund the case, advocated for gay marriage, and Samuel Alito uh, was on the opposing side. ProPublica doesn't take that on. What ProPublica does is it takes on a case where Samuel Alito ruled in favor of a business for which you could not research and see that Paul Singer was involved unless you really dug deep. In other words, there was no way 
for Samuel Alito to know that Paul Singer had a business interest in a company with business before the United States Supreme Court. The one time Paul Singer explicitly had business before the Supreme Court, Alito voted against his interest. But it doesn't matter because 15 years ago, Sam Alito took a fishing trip with Antonin Scalia and several other people to Alaska. And he went on Paul Singer's jet. Had he gone commercial, Aunt, uh, Samuel Alito would have had to have a U.S. Marshal travel with him at taxpayer expense. But there was, he was led to believe, a spare seat on this plane. It was going to go unused unless he wanted it, so he took it. I would take it too, so would you. ProPublica wants you to believe he stayed at a very fancy resort. Now, the place he stayed is apparently now a fancy resort. It was bought and renovated 15 years ago. It was, in his, in Sam Alito's words, very rustic. If you look at the old pictures, place was very rustic. You expect Jack Nicholson to be running through the running through asking wielding an axe and asking, here's Johnny and whatnot. It, it, the place looked like um, something out of The Shining. And now it seems to be a very nicely renovated place, but it was not back then. 15 years ago, it wasn't. Now, what's so notable about this is 14 years ago, 14 years ago, Sam Alito, in a speech before a 1,000 people and a bunch of reporters, mentioned the trip to Alaska and the details about Singer. No reporter ever bothered to complain. No reporter ever made a stink about it. No reporter ever dug in. But 15 years later, in the run-up to the anniversary of the Dobbs decision written by Sam Alito, suddenly ProPublica is outraged, outraged that Sam Alito 15 years ago had this trip. And they want you to believe that Sam Alito should have recused himself from cases because Paul Singer was involved in the cases, except Alito had no knowledge of it. So now the left-wing spin on this has been a subtle moving of goalposts. It's gone from this was a clear conflict conflict of interest to, well, it's the appearance of impropriety. Yes, laid out the way ProPublica lays it out. That's exactly what they want you to conclude, the appearance of impropriety. It's not that he did something wrong. It's that it looks bad. It besmirches the reputation of the court. Laid out by ProPublica, yes. But if you actually knew the facts... That yes, Paul Singer had a financial interest in a company with business before the court, but it was an undisclosed financial interest. There's no way anyone on the court could have known. And in fact, the court devotes resources to try to find conflicts of interest. There was no way to find this out without diving deep into SEC filings of a limited liability partnership. And they don't do that for anybody. There's not even an appearance of impropriety here except the way ProPublica decided to shape the case and the story. And now you've got a bunch of liberals out there. I can't believe he did this. This besmirches the court. And they've ignored the left. 
They've ignored Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer. They've certainly ignored St. Ginsburg, who notoriously flew around the world with billionaires. Not going to besmirch her reputation. This is all about discrediting the conservatives on the court. And unfortunately, to some degree, it looks like it may work with people like uh, Kavanaugh and Roberts, who are concerned about the public image of the court. So the left can get away with roughing the refs, and the refs respond to give the left things they want so that you can't besmirch their reputation. I guarantee you that Alabama redistricting case had a lot to do with stuff like this. They decided they needed to give the left a win on, on that redistricting case so they can't say, oh, the court, the court, it, it's completely biased. It's completely broken. It's completely conservative. No, in fact, Politico yesterday had a story out that, surprise, surprise, the court is not nearly as ideologically aligned this year. In fact, Sotomayor has been in the majority more than Sam Alito. But they do not care. They do not care because five members of the Supreme Court got rid of Roe versus Wade. And abortion is a sacrament to the secular left religion. Human sacrifice has been a component of pretty much every pagan religion on the planet in history, including the left. And the Supreme Court obstructed their ability to engage in child sacrifice to Mother Earth, so they must be punished, and the court must be discredited, and the court must be maligned. And they're doing it to Thomas. They've moved on from Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas has a rich friend who's very generous with his time and money with all of his friends, not just Clarence Thomas, and he's never had business before the United States Supreme Court, but somehow it's the appearance of impropriety. There's not even an appearance of impropriety. The dude has literally never had business before the United States Supreme Court. He's just a friend of Clarence Thomas's. They'll come for Amy Coney Barrett soon. They've already come for the Catholic Church and the organization she's a part of. They'll come back to her. They'll go for Neil Gorsuch. They've already come for Brett Kavanaugh. They'll even come for John Roberts, who thinks he might be spared by being clever in the way he splits the baby on the Supreme Court, his very Solomon-esque decisions. They'll come for him too. Hell hath no fury like a progressive scorned. This is a hit job from the left. And the other notable aspect of this that you've got to pay attention to is how many members of the mainstream press corps have embraced ProPublica. Now, Sam Alito released a response. He knew the hit job was coming. And in the Wall Street Journal editorial page, he outlined what their attacks were and the truth. Many of the reporters who are citing the ProPublica story as proof that something is wrong with the Supreme Court, have flat out refused to link to Sam Alito's defense. They, they don't even acknowledge that it exists. They take ProPublica at face value. Notice how these same reporters, if a report comes out of Fox News, they treat it critically. Ah, oh, conservative-leaning Fox News says this. What's the real truth? But ProPublica is a left-wing operator, and they just accept it as gospel truth. They don't even question the motives. They don't question the truth. They don't question the veracity. They don't question the shading. 
The press has become the enemy of the people. The press has become an enemy, not just of the right, but of the truth. The press is an enemy of the truth. They're all about the narrative, and the narrative must be that the Supreme Court is broken and must be discredited and needs to be packed with progressives to undo the damage of the right. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about the story. They care about the narrative. And along comes a left-wing public interest site funded by left-wing dark money interests to attack them, attack the conservatives on the court, and the media eats it up because the media is as complicit as ProPublica in trying to undermine faith in an institution of government that no longer serves the interests of progressives the way they want. Progressives believe government must give it what it wants, and if it doesn't, it must be destroyed and remade in their image, and now they will try to do that to the Supreme Court. They can't to the Senate, which they've tried very hard to make illegitimate, but they'll do their best to force the Supreme Court to come their way. They will bully them, cajole them, and if they could get their way, they would pack the court. And the media will let this happen because they are the enemy of the people. Now, group that's not an enemy happens to be Eden Pure and their great thunderstorm, the air purifier. They clean up the air. Need to pack one of these into the pro-public offices and clean up the air there. The Eden Pure thunderstorm wipes out bad odors. Now, it's also an air purifier, so it traps the mildew, the mold, the pollen, the dust that's floating in the air. But where it shines is as an odor eliminator. So, for example, uh, if you're in a rental car and someone's been smoking in the rental car before you get it, you can plug it in with a USB cord into an outlet in the car, turn it on, and it will wipe out the smoke odors. Litter box odors, pet odors, smoke odors, cooking odors, musty odors. The thunderstorm shines, and you can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC. If you go there now, you get three of them, one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag. You hold in the side in your hand. It's, it's a little bit bigger than your hand. I travel with one in case I get a, a hotel room or a rental car where someone's been smoking or it just stinks. It really does shine. Plug it into the wall or with a USB cord. Wipe out odors. Get three of them from EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building Loan. All right, those of you up on TIC in Connecticut and uh, WORD in Greenville, our two newest affiliates, so let me just explain this to you. First Liberty is in Noonan, Georgia, but if you are a business owner in Connecticut, in South Carolina, North Carolina, California, Hawaii, they want to help your business grow. They do work with businesses all over the country. So if you need access to capital, $250,000 or more, because you're buying a building or building a building or buying a franchise, things like that, First Liberty might be able to help you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a fit for you and you for them. It's firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. That is their website. You can get all their contact info there. Now, uh, Griffin, I want to go to you. Welcome to the show, Griffin. How are you? Hey, I'm doing just fine, Eric. Um, so look, here's my thing, right? So we all know there's generally some um, third candidate that runs. And no one really wants Trump. Everybody's, no one really wants Biden, okay? And quite disappointed that both parties are sticking with these people the way that they are. But, you know, that is what it is. But my thing is, why do... The uh, national media never talks about the um, other candidate. They never invite them to the debates. 
you know what I'm saying? They force feed us either baked chicken or fried fish. That's all you can get, <laughs> you know? No one want to give you the lamb chops or anything, else, even though you see it, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, okay. So here's what, the thing. What's the deal with that? The the Democrats and Republicans uh, disagree on everything except ballot access. That they're perfectly fine having a duopoly. Um, there are parties, the Libertarian Party, for example. The Libertarian Party has ballot access in all fifty states, forty nine or of the fifty states, I think. Uh, but the Libertarian Party will only nominate you if you're a crackhead prostitute who believes in magic and worships Harry Potter. Uh, they won't actually nominate a serious person to run for president. They they used to do that, uh, but they got tired of nominating serious people. So the Libertarians have ballot access everywhere. Uh, the Green Party has ballot access in about 25 of the 50 states. Uh, they will only nominate someone who is a communist and uh, wants to shut down nuclear power plants. So you, you got a choice there. The problem is a, a legitimate good third party could potentially rise and be funded and, and have it. But uh, it, at this point, the billionaires support the Democrats and Republicans. The millionaires support the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, and you got the cranks who have these third parties. There is this group, this third-way group, that wants to do a no-labels party. And they're only going to do it if Trump is the Republican nominee. They'll only put somebody up there. Thinking of Joe Manchin and somebody. They, they, they want to try to stop Trump. The Democrats are afraid they'll hurt Joe Biden. But the reality is this. As much as you and I may think it's time for both parties to move on to younger, fresher voices and faces, Republicans and Democrats, they're generally happy. They've got choices. And the American people generally, as much as they loathe the choices, they're not going to vote for a third party. You know, I voted for a third party once. And that person didn't win. In that case, a Republican won. I didn't support Trump in 2016. I did in 2020, not 2016. I, I actually didn't think we would get the good stuff from him that we got. I thought he'd be as bad as Clinton. I didn't like either one of them. I went third party. The third party turned out to be, well, I can't use that language on radio, but I supported Trump in 2020. It's very clear. You're going to get a Republican or you're going to get a Democrat. There's no reason to go third party. Do the best you can in the primary and try to pick the best candidate there uh, because we're going to get a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, the Libertarians, they only put up cranks. The Greens only put up cranks, uh, the party of cranks. Well, I mean, arguably the Republicans and Democrats are doing that too right now, but you get my point. When we come back, we got to move on to other things, a war on the bureaucracy. It's got to happen. The latest outrage of what bureaucrats have done started under Trump. It's continued under Biden, and neither president has had the power to stop the American bureaucracy. It's time to go to war with the bureaucracy.